Hello, and welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop Podcast, your one stop for co-op news and reviews. This week, Jason Perez is here to entertain you with some more shelf stories. Yo, my peoples, what's up? Welcome to Shelf Stories, the channel that tells tales, some games, books, and life. I am your host, Jason. Thank you so, so much for stopping by. And also, welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop Podcast. All right, we are here. We have a full house if you are watching the Zoom call, which we have something to say about Zoom in just a second. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if you listen to the podcast too, welcome. Uh, we have a full house over here. First of all, I'm going to introduce our guests of honor. Uh, you know them. They are friends to solo co-op community. They drop a bomb every single year, something that makes solo players, co-op players completely and utterly happy and destitute and poor looking for the rest of their stuff. It is Josh and Adam Carlson, the founders of Chip Theory Games. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, hello. All Thanks right. for having us. Absolutely. No, I'm looking for, I'm looking forward to this. Um, Shannon is in the background. Shannon Wedge also works for Chip Theory Games. Go ahead and pop your head in the, in the window, Shannon, just for a little bit. <laughs> there she is. She's back there. <laughs> Thank you very much for bringing us together. Uh, the occasion here is there is a new Kickstarter for mm -hmm. uh, Hoplomachus uh, Victorium or Victorum? Victorum, yep. Hoplomachus yep. Victorum, the reiteration, new fresh coat of paint, fresh mechanisms for Hoplomachus, mm -hmm. the first published chip theory game. We're going to talk all about that. But, but yeah. before we get there, we are going to introduce my wingman for the evening. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, full disclosure, I have not played Hoplomachus. I've played other chip theory games, Cloud Spire and Too Many Bones, and so I enjoy the products. It's just one particular game that I hadn't um, played. However, I wanted to give, uh, use the space to give, you know, chip theory some love because we love the company. So I needed a, a person who has played Hoplomachus was going to be Liz Davidson, but we're a little bit late because it's a you know teaching night. However, Kevin Erskine has stepped up. Uh, you have seen him in the, on the top 100 solo list. I think that if Chip Theory were to release just a pile of chips and <laughs> as a starter, Kevin Erskine would back. <laughs> that's that's game to pick a game, right? Yeah, right. That's close to it. <laughs> Super absolutely. Chip Theory Super Backer, Kevin Erskine, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Thank you very much. This is the, this is the first time that Kevin has interacted with the Carlsons, but he, the, uh, a good friend uh, to Chip Theory since the very beginning, I believe. I've yeah. been back yeah. in the products. Yeah, I've, I've been beginning. there in every Kickstarter. I'm yeah. still looking for my tiger from that first one. The tiger. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so as I said before, we are talking about Hoplomachus Victorum. Uh, we're gonna get all into that, but before we do that, I wanted to talk about chip theory games in general first, lay some groundwork. So I don't know if you gentlemen remember, but you were on my podcast, Every Night is Game Night, about four years ago, wow. talking, yeah. about, talking about Too Many Bones. It was just announced, first printing, uh, only Ricky Royal had a copy, yep. <laughs> a couple of other yep. people. And you know, we had, it was just, it was a young company. I think it might've been just the two of you at that point Probably uh with some part-time help to, yeah yeah and here we are now we have shannon in the back you know it's like you know, <laughs> uh, pulling all the strings and we have other people working for the company so please update us like how far chip theory has come in the last four years sure sure well that's yeah it's been a it's been a wild ride i mean we we really 
when Adam and I started, we had no idea where this would all land. Um, you know, we were both working uh, jobs we loved. I would say at the time it yeah. was, it was, we were very passionate about what we were doing, but at the same time, we loved spending time breaking down games, rebuilding games, like talking games all the time. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, um, so by the way, Josh and I are cousins, a lot yeah. of people see us as brothers, we're brothers <laughs> so we, we've grown up we go through, through the years, we've been playing, you know, dissecting games and making our own rules and, and whatnot, but yeah, um, I would say closer to the Harper Marcus time, the time when we really um, decided to try and make a game, um, we were very busy, you know, we were married, we had, you know, um, mm-hmm. Or full-time jobs, but we were we were determined to make Harper Marcus. So we worked late at night, and we just kind of it was a, it was a great hobby to have. But yeah, specifically to your question, the last four years, you know, that's four years and something is about when I switched over to Chip Theory full-time. Yes, you know, that's when Chip Theory finally had their first employee. And I know for me, I was first because I. Uh, uh, well, I had a, an entry-level job. I was working at school. I loved what I did, but it was very easy for, for me to make the switch. And Josh, uh, very skilled, and he had a great job. It was a little harder decision to try to make that that transition, but it was kind of a big decision. So, mm-hmm. and he was you were just a few months after me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. at that point, we felt like, wow, this is this is real. This is happening. Yeah. And so, yeah, and that was just four years and change ago when it was just the two of us. Yeah. And it was a slower ramp up. Like we, you know, bones definitely had that. It, it really started us off um, on that track. Uh, Hopamacus was, was a bunch of time figuring out the space, figuring out Kickstarter, figuring out a, a lot of things. <laughs> and, and it was very much like uh, us doing everything ourselves and yeah. doing, you know, as much as we, we could to get by it with regard to like, you know, like uh, art that is open source art and all, all yeah. that stuff. So yeah, just a public domain art, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Harper Marcus very much was just us too. And it was, yeah, the public domain, mm-hmm. the your graphic skills, which were great, but you know, no, um, no. Well, <laughs> no. that's we why we're doing it. <laughs> doing it so, exactly. But it, it, it was, it did the job. Yeah. It got and, us by. It got us by. Yeah. Yeah. And right. so, yeah. So, I mean, what, two and now four years later, we're, we're nearing 20 employees and wow. Into a new wow. Space. wow. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Big yeah. old booths at, at, uh, at, I went to your booth at Pax Unplugged, giant, yeah. big displays of everything. It's unbelievable <laughs> what you guys have built in the last four years. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's exciting. And, and like just the, the fact that we're able to, to keep designing, at, like I'm, I'm just so, pleased with that like a lot of times and and it has been a a struggle to stay on that line for both of us you know with with a company that we're actually you know that you have to run you tend to get pulled in so many different directions and that's probably one of our biggest challenges but but so we've set up Adam in a very specific way to be able to kind of hard line design and then I'm kind of designing as I'm helping run the company. And so like mm. we both have our hands in it and that's really, I wasn't sure how much we would be able to do that, you know, by this point in time, obviously we have a lot of, of opportunity to speak into design, but how much we can really wrangle it is, sure. is still waiting to be seen, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Wow. Uh, chime in anytime, Kevin, uh, by the way, if you have any questions about the, the, gen the company in general, because I'm about to turn to Hoplomachus. So do you have any questions about okay. uh, chip theory? Yeah. So, was, so when you guys quit your regular jobs, was that after Too Many Bones came out and, and hit, like the first Kickstarter of Too Many um, Bones? Adam, Adam was a little bit before that and like prep on the precipice of Bones, right? Was it did so we it after launch? funding? Yeah. After part, it was before we fulfilled the yep. Bones campaign. Yeah. Um, because we realized um, after the campaign even and during the pledge manager or something like that, we used a pledge manager for the first time. Mm -hmm. um, we saw that as the pre-order sales came in that we really had something on our hands and, right. and we couldn't keep up with just yeah. the two of us. So we needed to bring in some extra help or I could just make the transition and see how it goes. Yeah, but we did wait and see, Kevin. Like we we, the we were able to assess that we felt like we could probably cover some kind of salary for the for the two of us with, yeah. with the results. So yeah. it wasn't like a total leap of faith. There was I mean, there's yeah. plenty of risk there, but yeah, yeah. I guess if, <laughs> yeah, I guess if, if you'd have quit before the Kickstarter, that right? Would've that would been, <laughs> that's a leap another of faith. level, <laughs> another level. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so that's 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 line. amazing. I mean, from then, you know, just uh, Josh and Adam and a wing and a prayer, and then you know, twenty companies later, we just had Christopher Beldell on, who has a, a similar story for Sentinels of the Multiverse. So it's fun. It's fun to kind of watch the evolution of the industry sure. in the sense sure. that you know you have these these companies that become giant companies, and it's like, yeah. oh my goodness, you know, we're gonna get taken over by the asthma days and everything. But then there's that other part of the story: smaller companies, just yeah. one or two people, grow into twenty people, and who knows. Yeah. You know what's going to happen. I mean, uh, so we can talk about that a little bit, but we're here to do the hype. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> because Hoplomachus <laughs> is an important part of the Chips Theory story. It is, I, I believe, it was the first kick, not your first designed game, at least you know in terms of work, but it was your first uh, brought to market type game, wasn't it? Yep, yep, yeah, it was. I mean, we had we had plenty of ideas before then, uh, but it was this was the first one that we saw through to completion, and you know we still have idea docs out there that are that are that go back to those days that have never been developed. But but uh yeah that Hoplo was was the very first one that we saw all the way through. But I think I mean the biggest thing about uh, and what's so cool to come all full circle for for me personally was just that in the days of original Hoplo, like it was days of winging it. Like it was, we just didn't, I mean we had both we both had experience. I had a, I had a fair amount of business experience, but as far as like in this space we were winging it and we were like, we, you have to be willing to just try something and make mistakes. And I think at the time, especially Kickstarter was perfect for that. Like now it, the, 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 the whole medium has changed a little bit, but like at that time, it allowed you to basically say, I, I, we have an idea, you know, and, you know, I still crack up when I look at our initial Kickstarter video and it's the two of us in a makeshift like apartment yeah. room that was like a renovated barn that my dad had, you know, like, and it was like, it was a room that, that, and we stacked up the, the pathetic amount of games that I had, you know, I owned well, at the time, which was like mind. five games. And we tried to make a game <laughs> shelf, but behind <laughs> us, you know, it was just like everything about it was wrong, but like, but it was too, you know, but we had an idea and it was an <laughs> idea that we were passionate about. And that came through at least to 240 backers <laughs> well, yeah, yeah you know, like, and it worked it allowed us to to build on something and so a bunch of mistakes but a bunch of you know small decisions that now 
we can build on. And that's, yeah. So now to be able to come around and actually tackle it with a lot of professionally, you know, trained people that we've hired, you know, to actually back up yeah. all of our ideas. It's so exciting. So, yeah. Yeah, I'll just say that when we started out with our first half of Marcus game, I know we were both in the mindset of just this was going to be a hobby that we'll be able to, you know, achieve our dream of making a board game and hopefully have uh, a few dozen people enjoy playing the same game that we made. Mm -hmm. I don't think we ever even dreamed that it would eventually become a company, uh, a sustaining thing in any way, shape or form. I think that um, but after, you know, the second and third half of Marcus game, sure, we started <laughs> to think, ooh, you know, that would be nice to, to you know, keep making games because we want to do this. And I know that there was a, a period of time in there, several years of just, you know, working full time. We had our families and then the late night work um, developing these games. It started to feel a lot more like what. Um, by the time that third half of Marcus game came around. And so the Bones uh, breakthrough was a, a huge, huge um, yeah. deal for yeah. us. Yeah. Right. yeah. And that was the first one that we were using, you know, Anthony's artwork with. And so that's mm. that maybe speaks a little bit to the interest level that, you know, people were able to like um, encounter Bones in a different way than they were able to engage with the public domain art of, of Hoplomachus original. And so you know, for, for me, that's also very exciting is to now kind of, now that we have a brand, now that we've worked, you know, seven years on building that brand and shaping it into what it is, we can make it that game again, you know, and it fits that brand. Whereas originally we were figuring out that identity. And so it doesn't, you know, it didn't really play in or hit on all cylinders the first time, even though the mechanics were there and it's a really good uh, well, we we feel like it's a really good game. Otherwise, we wouldn't be remaking it. But um, but now well, it's, it's a good exciting game. to have it. Yeah, the, yeah. The public has spoken. <laughs> it's at least a good game. Yes, yes. Uh, so, Kevin, do you yeah. remember that a very original project? Oh, absolutely. I, in, I remember in the te- room and all that. As a backer, like you're not. This isn't your first rodeo. You like the you know the dungeon crawls. What did you think when because you had no context for it? No, but that was probably one of my first Kickstarters that I backed. Sure. So I don't, sure. I don't know that I noticed the video so much. I, I do remember teasing you guys. I think it was after the, about the origins one that <laughs> it's no fun because it's not coming down to the wire anymore. Like that, that first <laughs> right. one was, that first one was close. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was. I mean, we had, and we didn't even know the, like we were, we were studying. I remember still studying the rules of Kickstarter to begin with. Like we were like, all right. <laughs> How many, can how close, how close of we, can we get to relatives? Like if I call, up, you know, <laughs> my dad and say, Hey, you got to back us for two grand to take us over the top. You know, like, yeah. I don't know if I could get him to do that, but can we do that? <laughs> you know, like we just really, really, really wanted to fund. And yeah, it was down to the wire. I mean, and that's kind of where the whole strategist pledge came from. Do we have that on the very first Kickstarter? Did we have strategist or so, was that introduced? Yeah, game? so super bizarre thing. Uh, we never did any pre-marketing homework whatsoever. <laughs> when we created the game, we created the video, we Josh did all yeah. of that. But when we hit go, I remember you were at my place and we were like, should we, should we launch now? Okay, let's launch now. And then we hit go. <laughs> and it was, it was within that first hour that we had that 
It was fifteen hundred dollars. Mm, yes. Fifteen hundred and fifty dollar yes. backer. No joke. Uh, strategist mm -hmm. or something or other. Mm -hmm. Um. And we were like blown away. It was like yeah, wow. Because because at the time Kickstarter would take the average of the day and it was the last yeah. hour of the day and it put us up on the chart. On the what's hot list so, or whatever it was because of that little boost in funding. And I remember we were very, you know, we reached out to the person directly. We were like, we're not even waiting. We just sent a message and yeah. started going back and forth. And But I don't think that that, I hope, yeah, I want to say thank you to that backer because I mm -hmm. think that that first initial investment meant a whole lot more and it gave us that start that we needed to actually get half mm -hmm. a Marcus and ultimately trip theory games going yeah. like it's wow. crazy how some of those smaller details they have to happen mm -hmm. um, yeah. that was one of those moments yeah yeah now now your strategist you can put 10 of them up and they're gone in the first five yeah seconds. yeah it's it's insane well, I mean, it's a strategist pledge i'm sorry what exactly is the strategist? Oh, pledge? oh! So the strategist pledge was something that we came up with early on, just as a as a way of infusing the campaign with what Adam was describing, like a little bit of uh, of funding. Obviously, early on, that was really important to us, but it was it was a way for us to say, "Hey, you, you like Kickstarter's rules are very strict. Like you can't sell a, a portion of your you know company or anything like that." But we were able to say, "Hey." For X amount of money, we will send you uh, ongoing every, every game that we make and and fund on Kickstarter from from start to wow. to finish. And so, and yeah, like, yeah. Obviously, early on, that was a great risk to the backer. You know, right, they, right, right. You know, they right. were putting their trust and faith in us, and you know, they really liked maybe Josh and I, or maybe they liked Papa Marcus, but a combination of the two, and they like we chips. really appreciate that. They love that. chips. But, <laughs> the chips, right? Yeah, That's sure. But that yeah. initial bit of cash actually was super important for us yeah. to have that extra funding to get us to Gen Con. Yeah. So that was yeah. the first year we were able to attend Gen Con, and we, you know, I remember, like yesterday, we walked in with games in each arm and we just sat on a random table and we did the, the whole I mean we were learning as we go but that's another one of those key details that I mean we met a few yeah key people there and they helped us kind of I think that's where it really became real to me how like personable and how willing the community this community is and it, it, it's a little different than any other business community that I've been in um, and it was like all of a sudden we had two three four people who were I mean at their time at the time influencers in the in the gaming community and they were they were helping us you know become known and that was that was huge like we we wouldn't have had anywhere near the success and I remember Tim Norris like just bellowing out in yeah. Gen Con, you know, the, the Hapumakas, what is Hapumakas yeah. for us as we walk along, like, and pointing them to our table. And right. So, yeah, just... Another yeah. one of those guys, yeah. right, we fed in Jersey, opened up his house, yeah. and yep. we stayed yep. in his basement, I think it was, so, I mean, it was like all of those little things yeah. that it yeah. really helped us get to 
Gen Con be a part of it and make people. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, this is this is we are shelf stories. This is a this is an amazing story. Yeah. Like uh, of like the the twists, the turns, and the the hair, <laughs> the making it by a hair, and having the the key funding at the right time, and back and then the funding right at the end, and mm-hmm. and you know with this game right with Hoplomachus, and right. so right. you know now we come to fast forward today. We're looking at yeah. Josh and Adam in the Sanctum Sanctorum over there, like the nice little, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I see three versions of Hoplomachus back there. I see Hoplomachus, the lost cities and origins and you know the the mm-hmm. design right, was from. was was put into there. There's a lot of um, yeah. you know, iteration that went on with Hoplomachus and yeah. eventually became kind of its own system, right? Its own like, yeah. okay, this is the yeah. corpus of Hoplomachus. Yeah. So then now we've arrived at Victorum, which is the decision to reboot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is that what is that the word that you would use internally is like a reboot <laughs> system? Yeah. So there's two parts to it. So obviously the Kickstarter, we don't want to go in with a mixed message. The, 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 the original idea was, do we want to remake anything? But also was, we were asking the question, do we want to make a solo only board game? And what, what do we want to do with that? And it just, those two kind of came together really quickly. And we were like, well, obviously Haplo is, is it like, that's, it's, it's been received so well. It's got this community and fan base behind it, but it, it never really had its chance in the sun. And so like, let's, let's do that for it, but also lean heavily into this whole concept that is, is very much us too. Like we, we, we didn't set out to be a like solo first board game company, but at the same time, it, it really just happened. It happened organically. Like we just, that was important to us. And I don't even know that we knew so specifically that that was its own thing it just was like well should we be able to play this on our own yeah 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 we should let's design it this way you know and so we kind of just did it that way from the beginning and it became a thing and there were games out there that obviously were solo you know solo only games yeah but very very few um at the at the time and nothing with the production value no right right so yeah, no, that's Victory Point Games was that was lagging behind. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> the Lost Cities, the first game, you know, it had the solo and cooperative aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it was there was a whole lot of meat to the solo, but I mean right. it's definitely it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was when we met Ricky Royal. Mm-hmm. And Ricky Royal and we got to talking and then he basically lit the fire under us. Like we gotta really work the solo side of things too so rise of rome and especially origins yeah really and heavy yeah. into the solo aspect and i mm-hmm. think that that really allowed us to participate and and be a part of the the solo community and grow that and and be yeah. a part of it you know and i think that we loved leaning that direction and we loved making the solo bits of hypo so yeah after you know when too many bones came to be it just kind of it felt right to yeah. do the solo and co-op style of game well, you're making yeah. kevin happy right there <laughs> <laughs> well so yeah i mean so then back to the question it it's it is really two parts the and probably the the heavier part or the one that we want to take up the most time with um certainly the campaign is built around victorum and that is the solo only board game that is is you know designed for for one player and that's it and it's a it's a it's 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 getting the chip theory games treatment you know and that is 
that is really exciting. Is, I mean, stuff like be, stuff like this happy. stadium seating is is going right in the game. So um, that's for like we started with our chip trays, and then we were like, you know what? How do we make these more epic? Because you are the captive audience of you know of this game, and and it's it doesn't have to pander to anyone else at the table. So how do we make that feel even more like? like it's all about you. And, uh, and so we've got this stadium seating where all the gladiators are kind of spectating all of these arena battles. And, you know, we had how many arenas in origins? <laughs> so we have three. three. So, three, three arenas in origins. so, and now it's like, let's eight? add a few more and I mean, let's make an arena like, for every single faction we come out with origins. So, and yeah. then, you know what? Seven, that that's makes sense. Now, right. Let's make it eight. <laughs> so then we made, so now we have eight, yeah small arenas and each one of them feels like its own separate game it's insane yeah yeah so, so i mean there's that that is the that is the star certainly and there's um but i think the other thing that proved out with bones uh for us as the series kept getting bigger and bigger was just that everything we wanted everything to work together so um it, the, the the ability to to be able to buy a gear lock and play any of the content that you can with that one gear lock is extremely valuable to um the customer but also to, to us to have that working so well within the series and so like remaking hoplo because of all of the people out there that love the, the the content that we have was important to us as well and then allowing that content to be worked into or vice versa to an extent like was also important so if so you're going to end uh, up with all of this hoplo content we want it to be working together um i've really enjoyed you know kind of reminiscing about and all of the original stuff and then kind of giving it uh, a little bit of a Gentle treatment rematch. It really hasn't been changed all that much, other than you know the polishing mm -hmm. of the rulebook, mm -hmm. the art, and some of the units have been just massaged a little bit to to feel a little bit more um, right. I guess you know they kind of synergize a little better. I don't know. I don't know. But I think that going through it again um, makes it, it. It felt right. Mm -hmm. um, Victorum being all new, that's where the vast majority of my time has been. Mm -hmm. But anyways, yeah, to, to speak to your point about the remastered, um, it's been really special because, you know, this is our original stuff as well. And I think that remaster is going to be, it's going to have a special place in Josh and I's heart. Mm -hmm. And we're mm -hmm. just going to make sure that we still push that product in addition to Victorian. We want all of the players who want to play co-op, if they want to play versus mode, absolutely remastered is just right for them. And the Victorian, the compatibility you were saying, all of the units in Victorian are going to be able to be used in the remastered for versus play, for cooperative play, and vice versa. So like I, I would like to present it as, you know, it's two big box games. <laughs> and no matter which you play, the other one serves as a strong supporting add-on mm -hmm. to it. Mm -hmm. And so I hope that we're able to show that just right, yeah. Yeah. So just and to be I, clear, actually, I'd like to interject for a second, just yeah, to be please. clear from a consumer perspective, and I got Kevin right over here, he has every hoplo, he has all the, uh, everything. Speaking for my man over here, how much is he gonna be able to use his old stuff, Rise of Rome, Origins, and um, <laughs> uh, what was the other one? 
Rise of uh, the original is the Lost Cities. The Lost Cities. So yeah. how much of that stuff is going to be able to be transferable to the new product? So or great question. Zero. 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 That's like, it. That is zero. And, and, and it's it's done on purpose <laughs> I, because like, I already knew that. Yeah, yeah. It's done on purpose because everything is getting an overhaul in terms of art, in terms of how it works. Um, not not so much in the actual gameplay mechanics like Hoplo is strong in that in that area and, and Victorum will lean into what people are familiar with with that like when you play the arenas of Victorum it's going to feel like what you know Hoplo to be as far as the battles go but there's a whole nother aspect to it which is the build the squad building building your your entire team of gladiators tactics that you then travel the the world and and so like the, that's a really cool aspect with the remastered what we're trying to do there is we got really aggressive with i mean there's how much content there's like 200 250 dollars worth of of game that we're trying to In wrangle into one box and not make it overwhelming for the player um, the new but, players, yes. yeah, the new players certainly, but and then but then also just have it be oozing with content, you know that, and, and I think that that we're doing it. Like it's exciting so to see funny, that just... we're you know compacting all that yeah. into, uh, yeah, so like I double-sided done, neoprene yeah. and stuff like that. Whereas before it was an, an individual one. Yeah. I mean that's that saves us a nice chunk of money to be able to do that. So stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wrong. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I'll bring I'll bring Kevin in here because you are a backer of the old. You have all the old stuff, and you spent all your money on it. How does that make you feel, <laughs> <laughs> knowing that there's a, a, a you know we, we went through question. this with yeah. we yeah. went through well, this with Sentinels because you know Sentinels are also yeah. rebooted and that like, that was a difficult question as well. There's that whole thing of like, oh man, I've, I've you know money and is I, this a money grab? Yeah. Is this that? So like, walk us through your feelings, Kevin, when you well, found out that Victorum was coming. Yeah, I never thought I never thought for Sentinels or this that it's a money grab, but it hurts. Yeah, yeah, of <laughs> you know, course. It's, yeah. And you know, and what it what it's gonna come down to is like if I get if I don't get the remastered, but just get Victorum, am I missing a lot? Or yeah. you know, no, you'd be able to play your entire set and that's you know, that's gonna like satiate that that competitive play aspect to Hoplo. I mean, that's, that's why you have it all is because that is already working. Um, if you want a, a revised version that has brand new art and that has, you know, a, a more updated feel to it across the board, then there, there will be people that, you know, go for that and right. that are the previous owners, but if that's, but the cool thing is, and that's why we think Victorum is such an important part to lead with is because that is flat out new. It's right. new. It's going to. It's going to be there for everyone. The remaster is the way I want to treat it. It's. It, it's not a both of these things at the top of the Kickstarter. Um, it's and a, like the the remake of and all of that. It's it's literally an add on that's down the page. At the remaster is and and I just I think it's important to lead with the fact that this is a brand new game. <laughs> Um, but it's, and it's getting our treatment, but yes, we are remaking that for those that maybe aren't all in yet or are all in and love it so much that they right. are willing. To. I mean, you know, I mean, I'll be honest. I, I don't, I don't see my, I don't see myself buying the remastered because I've got everything already. It, it, <laughs> you, you know, I mean, yeah, 
I've got more games than I can play. So the last thing I need is to buy two of the same game. And it's the same thing with Sentinels definitive edition. I wouldn't, I'm just what I've got. I enjoy. Right. And you know, and so I know some people will get it. Some people will trade it. I I think coming off of too many bones and cloud spire and these other games, I think you're going to get a lot of new people who are going to say, well, what's next and and just get what's next. Kind of like, you know, I've been buying stuff all along because everything yeah. you guys produce is great. So I think Thank you. The, the tremendous number of people you have back and now will we'll get it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, the, the chips, the mats and everything it can't be cheap. So yeah. to say, hey, we'll upgrade your product. Well, <laughs> it doesn't leave a whole lot. I mean, there's not yeah. there's no cards in that game that you can say, well, we'll leave those alone. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I get it from a business yeah. point of view. I get it. And I'm not a completionist. I don't, you know, some people will probably be really mad. Um, you know, and I look at it and say, you know, I, I paid X amount of money for Hoplomachus and I've got way, way more than my money's worth out of it. Yeah. Um, so I'm fine. And, and yeah, you know, I, I probably will get Victorum and, and move on. And I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I got cheated by any stretch because I've had the Hoplo for, what was that 2012 or something yeah so yeah i mean i had that almost a decade um so it's not like i feel crazy to think about almost a decade are you kidding me (laughs) well i mean i remember when the thunderstorm stone came out they came out with a new version the next year and it's like okay no that's thunderstorm advance yeah that's right Yeah. yeah yeah i mean it was it was right after and you know now there's a third one or something and it's like you know asking people to especially if you're going to continue a series and you're asking people to buy what you've buy replace what you've already got so that you can keep going forward yeah like jason pandemic i never bought anything other than the original pandemic once they said we're going to redo it and come back i'm like i'm out yeah you know and but but the fact that i can play victorum without buying everything again yeah works for me that works for me that's cool yeah, um, thank you for sharing, uh, Kevin. I, I appreciate your thoughts, and you know, I want to be sensitive to that. You know, it's it's you know, I I just wanted to share also, you know, the the number of people that have Hypermarkus. I don't think people realize how <laughs> few copies actually were yeah. made. You know, it's a fraction of the number of bones copies that are out in circulation yeah. right now, and so to be able to try and craft an all-new product around uh, a few thousand copies that are out there, we just wanted to make sure we didn't... The first thing we wanted to make sure we did was not make concessions just to make it compatible, you know? Um, Another thing, though, and I say this with a... um, Take it with a grain of salt, but... um, Maybe that's not the right way of saying it. But... (laughs) I would like to say that it's compatible-ish, but it's a, it's it's the message we want to be clear about is just to say it's not compatible, and then hopefully those that own the original will be pleasantly surprised just how close it is. Maybe that's the yeah. right way of putting it. There are slight revisions. It's still ninety-five percent similar. Um, in fact, you could even download you know, the new PDF of the new remastered rules and apply that to your originals. Like you're already, you know, some of that stuff is already there. I I wouldn't be surprised by the number of people that will try and house rule a few things to make their originals work as well. So I'm just, 
Yeah, yeah. just hang on to that thought for a little bit yeah. longer. And but we just don't want to tell everybody it's compatible, but no. only somewhat, you know. Yeah, no. So, it, right. Like you said up front, you you don't want a mixed message. Yeah. So right. you want to be clear, which which I'm great with that. And yeah. And it's it's a solo game, so I can take my stuff and I can play it. And if I've got units that are kind of different and kind of overpowered, and I win easy, but I'm having fun, then who cares? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, so one of the things that's rule you know, lots of stuff. Yeah, I think you know it's important that now that we have like a writer on staff, now that we have you know a, a full time illustrator, now that we have like all of these things, we we it would be negligent of us to not be using that and, and like building into the original even as much as we can. So like the, I, I just remember us coming up with the uh, original, um, you know, the factions or whatever. Yeah. And, and how, how, again, off the cuff that was yeah. for us. And just uh, now there's, there, there's a lot of thought research that goes into that, a backstory that's being written, you know, like all of that, uh, that leads up to the relaunch of um, these races and cultures, and and it's uh, it's really fascinating to and fun to be a part of that. And so there, it's it's going to be rich, and it's going to be rich that you know from a story standpoint that I'm hoping will. I mean, certainly there's you know I don't think we're at least right now planning to do a full on lore book or anything like that for this, but but uh, but certainly the original was like hey, these civilizations wind up at Rome's doorstep and they don't know what they are. And I mean, it was like, I could tell the whole thing in like three sentences. And it's yeah. so, so, so much more than that. So, um, so yeah, I think that I'm excited about both products, but certainly Victorum is going to be the, the, the star of the show. Yeah, I, so. You know, I, I've asked you before about the, the video game Gladius. You yeah. said you, you did play it. Oh my I, goodness, I thought yeah. of that where the, you know, there's a story sort of, and, and you're building your team and you're, you know, that's what I kind of hoping the Victorum is. Yes. Is that yes. more of more like that than just one-off battles. Yeah. In fact, there was, a, there's still a lot of um, inspiration coming from Gladius. Uh, I don't know how many times we've tried to go and like find a ROM from that, from that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. I have my PlayStation 2 set up with Gladius at home right now. Oh, that's so, yeah. I'll, I'll be over. Fill in the people uh, in case somebody doesn't know what Gladius is. Um, so it, it, PlayStation Two, PlayStation Two, Gladius. What is Gladius? It was it was a, a gladiator game, obviously, but it, you were roaming around with a team. You were building your squad. Oh, you were Gladius. recruiting gladiators, um, but they were often gladiators that you were coming in contact with from these different arenas. So if you're if you come and it had a fantasy of of a major fantasy twist yeah. to it, a mythological twist to it. So like you'd, you'd wind up and you'd be fighting against minotaurs and stuff like that. But then you're also kind of excited because while you're going to get, you know, leveled so, by these guys, you're also potentially going to be able to recruit them. So like you, you take that. That was it. And, I mean, you, you treated, you had a little team, yeah. a, a Ludish, a Sunshine, mm -hmm. and you had your leading hero if you will, and you were recruiting yeah. and letting go of gladiators as you traveled through this this world. This is very similar to uh, Victorium, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Um, the whole idea of managing your own little team and trying to grow them into, we're trying to craft a certain team that will be suitable for 
your future opponents. Um, Gladius very much is that way. Um, One thing about Gladius, though, was very interesting is is all the tactical component on a board. They didn't really have a very large board. It was larger than, I would say it's about comparable to Mm -hmm. the Lost Cities and Rides of Rome boards in terms of number of hexes. Mm -hmm. Um, um, Certainly larger than Origins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But it was very tactical. And, you know, they had some sort of elevation element, which we built into Origins, and, and we have that for Victorium as well. Uh, one of the things for PlayStation, though, was it was, I don't know if it qualifies as a dexterity game, but you had the key. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, buttons that's and, not a part so of Victorium. Obviously, we didn't incorporate that. Yeah. There's no button. And I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but I will say, when I sat down and played one of the arenas uh, from Victorum, and, uh, like, it was such a fun experience to be like, okay, you know, I, I'm very familiar with and like the, the arenas that we have, but now we've got these new aspects where like you're you're chained up together and you're you're having to pivot on each other because you can only do you can only like move in certain ways when you're chained or linked to your partner. And like there's and at first I was like, I don't know how how I feel about this. And then what like two turns in, I was already just like just soaking in the the strategy aspect of. Like, how am I going to plan my moves and when am I going to make that big swing around to, you know, pick up a weapon on my way past so that I can then move this direction with the help of my partner? Or when am I going to, you know, like there's so many different little aspects that I, I can't wait for us to like reveal to people during the Kickstarter. So. And you, and you said the arenas are all the size of Origins? Yeah, they're very similar to Origins. They have the the hexes, the number of hexes differ from re, from arena to re, arena and certainly their their composition, but they're all they all fit within that like about a 12 inch by 12 inch play mat. So the, they're meant to be fairly quick battles like Origins battles, mm-hmm. but there are certain ones that unlike origins are drawn out a little bit and that's just in the way that the deployment works and and whatnot there's a there's so yeah it's yeah there's there's a fair amount of of difference between like because sometimes you're fighting with two versus two and that's it like that's yeah the battle is boom there's a lot of yeah it's quick one of the things that is different than origins and different than Gladius even, is the sport aspect that we're incorporating into the game. Mm-hmm. Um, up till now, all of Hypermarcus has really just been, been about defeating gladiators, and it's all about removing the health chips and defeating and defeating. Victorum adds a new twist where uh, many of the combats are actually going to be um, almost like competition where you have to go grab the flag from the other side of the arena mm-hmm. and bring it around back to your side. So you have to kind of position gladiators to block or intercept or, you know, you have a tactician that you might want to use as the guy to go for that runs to get up. Right. So um, like it's it's really bringing the, in like World of Warcraft, Overwatch type, you know, different modes yes. and stuff. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And we have uh, uh, King of the Hill, yes. which is very much like a World of Warcraft where you're kind of standing in the same area and kind of, what do you call it? Uh, um, what is the ask? What is the what was the term they used in World of Warcraft? Um, yeah, capture the flag. Like the, no, the, the other King one, of the uh, King of the Hill. It was like uh, area control. 
Okay. Yes. So sure. there is an area control aspect in Victorian as well. Um, but the trick for both of Capture the Flag and the King of the Hill is that you are not allowed to defeat their units um, completely. Otherwise, you're prematurely ending the, the competition. Right. So, it's, it's a spectacle for the audience. You can't just like take people out. Right, yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, and what, what I think is really interesting about the sport battles um, versus the lethal are they are granting you different types of rewards. So you're from, from winning a sport battle, you're building and recruiting further gladiators. From winning a lethal battle, you're actually improving your hero specifically. And both are gonna be critically important later on. Like if you just focus on sport battles, your gladiators will never get like removed after a sport battle. If, you, if your gladiator like is knocked out of a sport battle, they're, they're not like they're not dead. Yeah. So you get them back in lethal battles, any gladiators that are lost, they're not coming back to your team. So there's, there's, there's a lot of risk in the lethal battles, but at the same time, you're only improving your hero and eventually you will have no gladiators left to fight with. And right. the minute your hero is gone, the game's over. So like there's, there's a really cool yeah. juxtaposition the lethal between the two. is where you're building for your long term. But yeah. you need to thread the line of making sure you have a healthy enough team and the right yeah. competition. So you're finding yourself kind of hopping back and forth between lethal and sport. But you have to do it in, at the pace that you want. And that's where the, the whole mapping dynamic that we have in the game, you don't exactly have full control over, well, I want the next one to be sport. You kind of have to eyeball you know, the next few weeks and where your next two or three or four stops are going to be and yeah. try and plan as best you can in terms of how that works. So there's the constant struggle of, you know, how, how do you optimize the growth mm -hmm. of your long term? Yeah. And yeah, you'll often find yourself kind of in a position where, well, I don't really want to do this because I, the reward doesn't help me. I have a full team, so I'm going to spectate the fight. And that's the other aspect we haven't really touched on is very much a part of this game, um, in addition to all the battles we just talked about, is your need to spectate, which is basically just watching the fight and moving on to the next one. And that the concept is that no time will pass as you're just passing through. And that's important because there's the, the time. The time is the, it's the whole game. It's a race against time to get to the end. So mm -hmm. choosing which ones to spectate because A, the battles are too tough or B, maybe the rewards aren't where, you know, you're not ready for them or, you know, it could be a number of different things. So yep. Yep. love that struggle and strategy. Nice. Yep. Nice. Is there a there culmination a, point? Does the does the does Victorum kind of like end in a grand finale, or is it yeah. like I reach max level type thing? Yeah. So there's there's a number of heroes, and whichever hero you choose to play, um, the other heroes become your opponents. So those are we've we've got them designed in such a way where they flip over and they actually have stats that are going to compete against you in the Primus battles. So Primus battles happen at the end of, of the first three sessions. And those that's kind of an initial culmination, maybe kind of you could see it as like a mini boss. Um, and you're trying to take out three Primus uh, battles or win 
three Primus battles, and then you're able to fight the Scion at the end of the fourth session. So you can break those up. You can do all four sessions if you want in one sitting, or you break those up. Typically, you'd break those up and you know play an hour and a half session or something like that and be done with one session. Um, and then you pack the game up. And that's, yeah. that's another aspect that we're really working on is that, that quick quick in, quick out in terms of setup um, so that you can move back into your next session really yeah. easily. Yeah, so um, one thing we didn't mention yet is this is really a campaign style game. Yeah. This is a long, long game. This is, you know, eight hours. This is, you know, six to eight hour game broken up into four separate game sessions. Yep. And so that was the, uh, that's where that comes mm -hmm. in. So mm -hmm. if you want to sit down and just play for 90 minutes, great. Play through the first Primus, and then we've got the quick save feature to put it back in the box. Uh, but yeah, so it's a campaign style game. It is loaded with content. And I'm telling you, this whole campaign, <laughs> you're playing as one hero, and you choose one fire, and there are so many different combinations, possibilities yeah. and options. It's going to be mind-boggling. So it's just like in Bones. Like, you I mean, in, in Bones, you could just like, <laughs> you can play the short campaign, yeah. you can play the longer campaign, you could like, yeah. you know, and you could just like dip in and over and over and over. So mm -hmm. like, I mean, you, you guys have a lane. <laughs> we do. We do. Good and bad to that. But yeah, I mean, I think mostly good. Like, no, it's a, in the best way, like, I mean, games, they find yeah. us, you know, so in, yeah. in the best way, like, you know, that and in, in a way, it's funny that you guys like drifted towards solo because that's what we want. Right. 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 That's what so solo we want depth and yeah. we want depth in mechanism and depth in, in imaginative immersion yeah. and it just it seems like that's as personality you, you drift that way in terms of yeah. like depth of your design and it just kind of seemed to marry together really well yeah cool cool, so, cool. between all the fights in the victorum are there like events or other things that happen or yeah. is it fight to fight or what um so that's a great question you're usually moving so there's a third deck that we haven't mentioned which was you've got your your sporting events that are and then you have your lethal events then you have opportunities and those opportunities are you you bypass you know people on the road or they're, they're more of a like a kind of a quest you could look at it that way i guess but it's it's a it's a situation that's presented to you that you can you can keep with you and can and like try to see it through. Maybe it's getting to a certain certain region and doing a certain thing. Maybe it's impressing one of the, you, you meet someone that's a gladiator that you need to impress at a certain level in order for them to actually fight for you. And so you're trying to not take a hit in, in an event and you, you have to take this guy along with you if, you know, for as long as you, you want in order to uh, impress them but if you never end up impressing them like you're they're taking up a spot potentially on your roster and so like there's there's some really interesting aspects to the opportunities that will allow you to um, ultimately when you complete them you're you're improving your hero's prowess and yeah. that's one of the main things and then also potentially removing some of the banes yeah. so you're like again you asked about the final like <laughs> Pluto is your final, like you, you're fighting one of their, his, his scions um, at the very, very end. And so that's at the end, end of the fourth session. So, yeah, I mean, that's what this is all about. And when you're uh, spectating battles, uh, while that helps you in a way, in a number of ways, it also can hurt you because you're accumulating. Uh, yeah. Veins. So. Yeah. 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 Well, that's well put uh, the whole Pluto 
you know, Ryan, our, our writer, would do a better, he'll do a great job telling the story of the, the premise, the backstory <laughs> of the whole thing. But um, ultimately, um, this whole game takes place in 78, 79 AD before Mount Vesuvius erupts. Mm-hmm. So the, the idea is we're trying to complete the challenges that have been laid out before us mm-hmm. uh, across the seven scions, or however many scions, sorry. Um, and after doing that, story-wise, we've basically saved humanity mm-hmm. by stopping mm-hmm. Pluto from erupting um, Vesuvius. Yep. So yep. anyways, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. So- and then, so you said you can improve the heroes. I assume the the rest of the gladiators don't improve because they're chips. They just stay the same, right? And then, yeah. Did you say there, there's yeah. weapons? So there are there are weapons uh, in form of like there's one arena that you can pick up. Okay. Um, extra weapon dice, right. basically, uh, right now. And then, um, yeah, improving of your gladiators. There are a number of ways to do that. Not just changing out gladiators, but there they do get at this point better in not not the individual gladiator but like the basic two so region specific gladiators there are some very subtle you know uses of equipment or weapons or um they're kind of hidden in there among the tactics the weapons right now appear as attack dice Mm -hmm. we do have some great big plans and ideas for down the road in terms of um, expanding into an area of um, something in that area, but right now it's we try to keep Victorium, you know, it's, it's as vast as it is. We still wanted to try and keep it as streamlined and simple as possible in many right. different areas. So yeah. okay. I think yeah. you'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what so I was then, wondering is like, if yeah. you, do you have, um, you know, if you have gladiator chips and it's like if they win. You know, if they if they're part of three winning battles, you flip them over, and now they're a little stronger or something like that. You right. don't do that, right? Nope, nope. Right okay. now, that's not. Yeah, that's not in there. Oh, okay. Nope. And then, how many heroes to start with? Um, seven. Oh wow. Seven different. Seven different it's heroes. Yes, it's seven. Seven. So you had to count because uh, there's some ple- there's some stress. Yeah, there's a lot of that lined out. That well, yeah. Sure. But we are so each faction does start with its own hero. Mm -hmm. So for each arena, each home region, they will feature their hero that you get to play as. So that's super exciting because, you know, the first quarter of the game is, it takes place in your own home region. And there are some interesting dynamics about that as well. And so I think we've done a good job making each of the heroes feel different, Mm -hmm. unique, dynamic Mm -hmm. enough, especially with the prowesses. The prowesses are those I don't want to call them, you know, skills like too many bounds, but, but the prowesses are unique um, for the most part to that particular hero. Yeah. So leaning into and unlocking, earning those prowesses is how you're really going to uh, yeah. set yourself apart from yeah. the other heroes. Yeah. So, so do we get an Ursula and a Ludo hero? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll leave that That's from to be, Gladius, be revealed. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's, uh, we'll, we'll, so this is awesome. It's getting, it's getting, you know, obviously, you know, getting, that's the whole point, right? Getting us fired, fired up and what's happening that your passion is clearly coming through for the project. Um, let's just, let's round things out with the future. So, I mean, this is the, be- this is the, there was a beginning and now this is a new beginning. 
right? Mm-hmm. And I, it, so is the intention, you know, chip theory mostly sells from its website, right? Is yep. there a, an intention to bring this to a larger market if possible? Well, yeah, I love that. So there's, we are getting to the point now even just this year where we've been asking ourselves, you know, is there, is there ever a time where we can uh, realistically um, consider retail, realistically consider distribution? And in some respects, we've already moved there. Like there's certain, there's certain um, avenues that we've been looking at to try to get our games into stores. Right. That's, that's something we want to do. And we have been doing uh, more in a grassroots effort um, yeah, right you now. You can find a chip theory game in a store. It's just not like a, a big project. Yeah. 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 And it's, and it's also just like the margins are the biggest thing that we can't, you know, we, we tend to, because our games cost so much to make, it's very, very hard for us to get to the, to the margin that we need to in order to make that worth it for us. Or if we did, it would slow down our growth so much that like we would, we'd almost be reliant on a Kickstarter for every single thing we did. And we're trying to get beyond that. We're trying to get to the point where we can take uh, a small amount that we've made from this and invested in the next thing without always needing you know, that to drive everything. And the, the, the website sales have done that to a great degree and allowed us to kind of step up to the plate and have a new initiatives that, that don't have to be so reliant on the, the funding from, crowd, uh, from Kickstarter or any kind of crowdfunding. That doesn't mean we're deviating from crowdfunding at all. Like we're, we're more into that than we ever have been, <laughs> but it's, but it's just, yeah, it's, it's our rate of growth. And if we were to steal all of that, because we are taking such a tiny, tiny margin, we just, it would, it would slow us down. So we're trying, we're trying a, a number of different things. Um, that said, you know, like this game specifically is again, extremely aggressive in terms of what we're putting in it. Um, and we're trying to be like, you know, where, where even previous iterations, you know, the console mat isn't absolutely needed, but it is in our mind, right. it's, it should be there and it should be there for that experience. The stadium seating isn't, we have chip trays that could be used for that, but it doesn't actually make the experience the best that it could be. And so like, we're just, we're kind of just trying to say yes to everything that, that sparks uh, excitement for us. And that's how we, that's try to, that's how we try to do all our games, obviously. But, um, but yeah, so that, my answer is those kinds of decisions keep us out of distribution, right. unfortunately. Right. Um, and so our growth rate is a little bit in terms of people hearing about us is reliant on our, on our crowdfunding. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, yeah. Andrew Chesney has done a great job of making relationships with stores yeah. to allow us to get these games into them. Sure. Yeah. But very good points. Um, I think one of the things that, um, Josh especially has really been an example of this, but as a company, we 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 don't say no to people. We always we're always open to listening to ideas. You know, just you know, business. You know, just reach out to us. And uh, I don't know where I'm going with this, but we we, we, keep, we try to keep an open mind on things, from you know, design to the way you know, working with distribution retail, like you were saying, like we were open to trying it, but it's, the numbers still have to make sense for us, you know? Um, 
in terms of those margins, I mean, if you can imagine too many bones now suddenly being $200 at, at your retail store, and that's, that's how I present the, you know, the, the conundrum, right? So you can, we can keep it at 130 on a web store, or we can just now suddenly adjust the pricing to cover the margins that we need to put it in re retail. And that's just part of the issue. The other is the capital that we would need to, to place this massive order of bounds to fill the stores and, and anyways. So we like the slow, steady growth. It's been uh, a little bit more of a low risk approach. And uh, we, you know, we put our family, our, our, our office, our, our team, um, I don't want to say put them first, but we 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 want to. What are we prioritizing? Yeah, I, I yeah. got you. I get you. Yeah, I think it's it, I mean, yeah. It keeps it a little bit more honest for us in just through, like here here is everything we can pack into this and still eke out something that is. And I, I'm not saying eking in out in the respect that we don't make any kind of margin. There's a margin to be made. It's all it's allowed us to hire the the staff that we have, which has been a huge blessing. Um, like, like JW always says, uh, Gilly always says, you know, like we wouldn't be here without our backers and we, we that's, it's, it's such a cliche, but yeah. true statement. And so, um, but yeah, I, it feels a little, it just feels really pure to be doing it this way. And so I just don't know yeah. how soon we'll get away right. from this model. Um, yeah. Yeah. The way I, you know, the way uh, I see, yeah. I just, the way I see it with you guys is that it's working for you. Yeah. Why? Right. If, it's, if it's broke, <laughs> right. if it's, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you're growing, you're doing yeah. the, like you say, you get to do design. You don't have to actually go and stick lit chips, you know, labels on chips anymore. I assume. No, thank so, you. No more. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, could you make a hundred million dollars if it went worldwide, you know, <laughs> in every store in the world, maybe, but you'd probably go crazy. Yeah. You know, and like you said, it's just this works, and, and yeah. it wouldn't be the same product. It wouldn't be the stadium seating, and it wouldn't be right. the other stuff. No, that, yeah. at, right? You'd probably have to cut out stuff. Yeah, just this. This and is we're we're always faced with that. There's a lot of people out there that have said, "Hey, you know, I would buy this game if you just did a much more, you know, like realistic version of it." And and we, I get that. Like that's a really good argument. It's just. Stuff just not how we're yeah. wired, well. and we apologize for it, but we also don't because right. it is who we are, and yeah. like well, it's why. So, like, kind of like know, what you said, Kevin, it is working for us, and right. There's something yeah, I think. I think of that. Kingdom Death Monster. They say the same thing. You know, they're yeah. not going to make a hundred dollar version. This is this is their product. They're proud of it. They love yeah. what they make, and and I mean, obviously, we love what you do. So sure. we don't <laughs> sure. want you to change anything. Right. Sure. Okay. And yeah. so, I mean, in terms of, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Adam. Oh, just uh, the final point on the whole retail. Um, rest assured, Victorum remastered, like none of that's going to hit, I don't know, I promise, but it's, it'll be a few years at least before we even consider any type of other avenue because um, Bones just now is being discussed uh, in that regard and it's already the original is five years old. So mm -hmm. I, I just think that at least for the Victorian route, I don't want people waiting for retail <laughs> for that game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah, that's all. Yeah. Okay. And so, okay, so we're, we're continuing the Kickstarter model. We're continuing the stuffing massive amounts of content into stuff. Um, <laughs> are we, is the Hoplomachus line going to continue? 
So then that, that, that also helps people decide in terms of like, okay, I'm going to move on from the old stuff to the new stuff because the new stuff is going to continue and be right. it. So like, is that, is right. that the intention? Yeah. So this has been a big question for us because we're taking a line that was already uh, expanded upon. Like this is, this is, we're taking and remastering uh, a, a set of three games and six to eight add-ons and extras and all of that stuff. And we're saying, all right, let's put this all back into a, a, a comprehensive, but cohesive, you know, single box. Um, so that is representing a number of add-ons. And so I don't think initially we're going to try to make it much bigger than that. Sure. Now, that being said, I think Victorum is a whole nother story. I think that could really, really take off and, and demand a lot of new content being developed for it. And that would be our intent. Um, I, I think it, certainly this, we wouldn't enter into a game like this where, well, it's just, for me, it's hard to conceptualize a one-off product for us and how we work. You know, like if, <laughs> if, the, if, <laughs> if I think Triplock is the only one, right? Is, is well, Triplock yeah, the yeah. only one? I mean, we're, we're still small enough that if people want it and are asking for it, we're going to make it. Like, that's just how it goes for us. We're, yeah. we're, we're pretty nimble still, and we want to remain that way for as long as possible. Yeah. So, but yeah, with the remastered stuff, I don't see us doing a whole lot more with that initially just because it's representing so much content already yeah. and that's all being kind of put sure. into a box so yeah yeah that makes sense right. yeah i mean that's the answer that's a great answer it's like okay cool. are you getting expansions well you're getting like all this stuff in the PC. <laughs> how are we asking my expansions yet so right. uh, okay i mean that's all of my questions kevin did you have any uh, final thoughts uh, as we look yeah. forward to the launch of the kickstarter yeah, just what it's kind of off topic. I guess you said you're you're working on the design of Victorum now. Do you, are you still working on burn cycle design? Is that still ongoing, or, yeah. or is someone else working on that? <laughs> well, Shannon's been taking a lot of uh, that forward. So with burn cycle, so Shannon and I, and and many others. I mean, there's just so many people here now there that are speaking into these games that thankfully when when either of us stop to work on something it doesn't like grind everything to a halt so shannon's been moving that forward in a huge way and that has been and allowed me especially just this last month to kind of put my eyes back into a lot of the stuff that adam's been working on with victorum and say all right how do we want this to shape up as a kickstarter how do we want this to you know how like the presentation aspects and and it's been nice to kind of get back on the same page and and like double check on if if it's remaining true to you know original hoplo but also taking it to those new uh new levels with with victorum so yeah i mean yeah burn cycle we keep putting updates out it feels like we just finish an update on burn cycle and then we need to start preparing another one like a kickstarter <laughs> update and like we, we put a lot of effort into those and so um they they take a week or two to kind of plan and, and prepare for. So there's not a whole lot of time between them, but we're already sending files. I mean, we're already sending and prepping and sending files out and that's a stringed out, you know, staged uh, or incremental uh, release that we do to the manufacturer to get certain aspects, you know, worked on. And, and, but yeah, I mean, brass mag minis, all that stuff is coming in. Approvals are flying all around. So yeah, it's, it's very busy here with both Burn Cycle and Victorum, and now the starts of all these other projects from the Automaton of Shale uh, that we did at April Fools, which was 
which and and other 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 stuff coming <laughs> in the fall. So yeah, but I mean we have a team that can handle it now, and that's that's super exciting. So can I can I ask another question, Jason? Yes, like sure. <laughs> so uh, what have I done? <laughs> I, I, I should have thought forward. Kevin's gonna go crazy. <laughs> well, I don't get this chance off. So. Absolutely. It, it was obvious too many bones was going to be a big hit right away. I mean, I think I kept bugging you guys. When's it coming? When's it coming? Yeah. Cause all you did was showed us like a couple of pictures. <laughs> Were you surprised at how big Cloudspire what was, how, how well that was received? Cause I even backed it. And I really didn't even understand what I was backing. Yeah. And it, it, it's, I love it. And I, I see a lot of people talking about it. You know, I, I am a little surprised. Like certainly there was, they're like, we don't go with an idea that doesn't have some magic to it. And, and, but, but sometimes you're so close to it. You just really don't know if it's it's your own passion driving you, or if there is really that. And if it's going to connect with everyone, Um, the theme plays so much into that. And and I love another, I I would say another aspect to Cloudspire is it's a lot to bite off. And, you you know, usually our Cloudspire, um, uh, fans or fanatics or whatever, like, you know, the people that are really sold out on the game um, come from after they've, they've gotten over that, that, that hump of really understanding what we're trying to do with the game. And I I think that our backers can be extremely understanding of how we develop because they know, but anyone new to that, they take this attitude and it's a, it's a rightfully so like, if I can't grasp this in a, in a play session, like it's not for me, you know, like I'm not, I'm not going to take three plays to get an understanding of what this, this is and, and see the fun in it. And so sometimes that, that there's just a little bit bigger barrier to entry for, for our games, those that stick with them, I think the magic starts to come, you know, pretty quickly after that. But I, I, yeah, it, it did surprise me how many are, cause it's such a complex initially complex game to get through and then kind of like bones you start to see that oh this isn't as crazy i mean after you get through the reference sheet and understand that now it feels very very simple in how it's structured um so yeah i've been pleased with how it's been received but a lot of that i will give to the remastering of not remastering but the re the renovation of the rules you know shannon put a lot of time into that and others uh, and Navarro came in and kind of facelifted the entire look and feel of the box and the and the Andrew Navarro uh, set up from Fantasy Flight Games. Yep. So yep, we right. brought him in and he kind of helped us. Uh, he championed that mm-hmm. overhaul. So mm-hmm. and uh, that's helped Shannon, because yeah. again, it, just making it more digestible, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, right. I think that has gone a long ways to helping yeah. people. Do you, do you like it? Do you have any idea if if there are a lot of people playing it? Um, competitively or is it almost all solo everything I've ever seen of course I'm on solo forums a lot it's that's what most people seem to be playing it yeah that's a great question Kevin I we were getting into that with I feel like two or three years ago we were asking like when are we gonna put some effort into um, tournaments and stuff like that at, at conventions and when you know which games are we going to focus on and Cloudspire was one that was like really on my mind for that for that and then I feel like right about the time when we would have had a little bit of of ability 
was, you know, pandemic and all the rest yeah. of it. And it kind of mm-hmm. wiped out all of that discussion for a long mm-hmm. time. Cause we, so fair. I don't know. I like, I, I would love to, to look at that harder. Um, but yeah, right now, I don't think I have a very good bead on, on like the different gaming groups that are, you know, yeah. be competing at any level on that. I don't think there's a lot of that going on. No. And I think, solo and, you know, when, yeah. when you, when the Kickstarter was up and I was, I was almost thinking it was a two player game that, that could work solo. And, you know, I backed it on faith, but it, I mean, to me, it's, it's, I love playing a solo. I mean, yeah, just, yeah. I'll, I'll do mission over, yeah. over and over and over again until I get it perfect. Then I move yeah. on to the next one. <laughs> and, Look uh, what you did with those achievements you made. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. That was the intention. yep. That's a, that's a big part that's come out is the solo solo side of it, which is great. So Chip Theory has grown from its humble origins where it needed $1,000 backer to, to now it's as 20, uh, 20 employees. It has a remastered. It's gone back into its old catalog and remastering and bring it into new stuff. We have the, the continuing too many bones. We have new products coming burn cycle. We have dot, dot, dot that mm-hmm. is coming in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have a home here on shelf stories. You have a home here on the one-stop co-op shop. We're a big family, you know, like with rolling solo yeah. and Ricky yeah. Royal, we all know each other. We all talk. We so all awesome. like, we're, we, we, the you, chip three is definitely one of the companies that is like, okay, you know, we're going to, you know, coordinate and talk about them and make sure we get as much uh, of the word out as possible. You guys are always in our year end episodes anyway for something. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. So, uh, yeah. the, the, uh, Kickstarter will launch. At, you know, um, very shortly after this episode, uh, I mean, yep. it's coming soon. Like it's, it is like, like, cause Shannon uh, texted me and she's like, it, this is soon. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. This is happening. Uh, so, I mean, that's, and that's basically it. I mean, are there any uh, final words to, for the backers or for the audience at large? Ah, just thank you. This was really fun to yeah. kind of, it, it's such a, it, it's, it's such a near and dear title for us that it's yeah. fun to talk about. And every time uh, we tend to talk way more just get long-winded just because of what it is oh people so, want 30 minute podcast to, to you are in the wrong place for 30 minute <laughs> podcast we are yeah. we want stories we want to yeah, get yeah. elbow room adam is clearly passionate about the design and you're you know talking about the design and the the wider yeah. uh, i mean this is a, a home for passion so absolutely that's cool. uh that's so cool. yeah so so that's what's happening now thank you very yeah. much for for tuning in uh gentlemen the best of luck to you thank you jason thank you kevin Thanks, uh, Kevin, thank, thank you so much for stepping up being my wingman. I know this was a pleasure for you. <laughs> You're like, oh my God. <laughs> but thank you so much as well for making for taking the time. Cool. All right. All right. So if you can change your mind, you can change the world. So until next time, see everybody. <laughs> see ya. Thanks for joining us again for the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. Also, join us for games and discussion on our Discord channel. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash one stop, or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week for another Top 5 list.